And welcome back in another edition Stripe Show podcast on a Wednesday. We'll post Augusta, Hilton Head. One of these guys you see here in the screen is actually at Hilton Head right now and getting ready for the RBC Heritage. It's not me because you've seen this backdrop before. I'm in Ponte Vedra. And uh, these two guys, I know you recognize their face. I know you're going to recognize their voice uh, when I bring them in. And uh, we're going to talk a little golf, have some fun here, throw it around a little bit, PGA Tour style, and then also some some fun head-to-head matchups, a little game we call the A game. And um, I'm going to get these guys' thoughts on who they're going to take when it comes down to, yeah, kind of hit a drive, approach game, short game, putting. They're the experts. Let's bring them in. You know them as uh, Gravy and the Sleeve. They're on Sirius XM Radio. And then also Golf Subpar Podcast. I listened to them both, guys. Thank you, Colt Nose. And the Sleaze down there at the bottom of Drew Stoltz. How you doing? Doing great. Good to be with you. Thanks for having us on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Travis. Thanks for having me back. So, Colt, you're up in uh, – you're at RBC there, aren't you, Harry? Did you play a little golf today there on the on the island? I did. And, yeah, obviously I'm at RBC. I would – I mean, this is a nice place I'm at, but I would not have this painting in my background at my own house. <laughs> But yeah, I did. I went out to Congaree, which is a really cool golf course, you know, like 40 minutes from Savannah. Um, the PJ Tour is going to be playing there the week before the U.S. Open. So I went and mm. got a little uh, sneak peek at that. And what a place this is. Um, Fazio Golf Course, very, very private. Um, really, really cool. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see what the best players in the world shoot around this place, because I've heard from a lot of people out there, the owner is looking to get these guys to shoot in single digits by the end of the week. Single oh, digits really? Under par, so. It plays about 7,800 yards from all the way back, so it's uh, it's not short. Jesus, 7,800 yards. That doesn't even make me want to play golf when I hear a, a number like that. You guys got your podcast. Um, you guys have some great guests. You do a great job. Um, Drew, Larry Fitzgerald, he was your uh, most recent on the podcast. I know everything about Larry Fitzgerald, man. This dude for the Arizona Cardinals, wide receiver. I'm a big Seahawks fan. I got to watch him twice a year. Every single year, 125 yards, couple touchdowns, just tears our secondary up. And uh, but he's a big time golfer too, right? I mean, he loves to play golf. Does uh, Fitzgerald? Oh, he's huge. He's a golf nut. I mean, I think he spends. It's it's shocking sometimes. Like he'll get back from a game on a Sunday night, and then Monday's their day off. And you'll see him out at the golf course, like first guy off at eight o'clock on a Monday morning. Like I'll show up at noon or whatever, and he's already finishing his round. But he absolutely loves golf. Colt and I just played a around a couple weeks ago with Larry and uh, his good friend, Adam Phelan, the wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. So we got to play with those guys, a two of the nicest guys, probably in the NFL for sure. I would say, and two really good golfers, but Larry loves it, man. He obviously goes up to Pebble beach, plays with Kevin Streelman. They've had great success up there in the AT&T Pebble beach pro-am, but dude, he loves it. And he's legitimately like the, the cool thing about this and Colt will probably echo this. Like here you are, you're playing with Larry Fitz. And he's a guy you want to talk to, you want to ask questions. It's a cool deal just to play with Larry, no matter how many times you see him running around town or whatever. And you're wanting to ask him questions, but at the same time, like sometimes you can't get him in because he's asking you questions. And it's not mm-hmm. like it's genuine. It's not like bullshit, whereas he's just asking to be nice. It's really like he's like, hey, how would you hit this shot? Or what do you think of when you do this? Like he wants, he has that thirst for knowledge so much, especially about golf, that it's really cool to be like, here's a guy that's the best in his craft, you know, one of the best to ever do it. And here he is asking, you know, me or Colt about golf or something like that. It's cool. And it just shows you how much he loves it. Yeah, he does. So I met Larry uh, down the Bahamas in an event and I met Adam Thielen down there and Adam and I've actually became pretty good friends since then. I actually work with Adam long distance um, 
on his game. He's a good player. You know, he's like a low single uh, digit and he's got that, you know, that move Colt where you kind of get it a little steep from the inside and then you got to stand it up and, you know, kind of rotate the face over. So we work hard on trying to lay it down, rotate and just kind of minimize that curve. He's a great guy, loves the game. Larry and Patrick Peterson, who of course was on the Cardinals for a long time, just left. (laughs) They were telling me that, I mean, basically like they would travel and if they weren't obligated to be there, like they're like, they're gone. They're going to play golf. I mean, they're traveling around like they, they know where they're going to go play golf every second of the day when they're not supposed to be there, you know, when there's not supposed to be on the, on campus. And I just look at Fitzgerald, like, I just want to put my hands on him and I just want to shape that club a little bit better going back and then just let him go get it. You know, he, he just cold, he kind of gets it in, he gets it vertical and then he comes over it. And it's like, man, more out, rotate it, then hit it. Kind of like you did. You had, you had a very simple swing plane. That's what Larry needs. Yeah, well, we're built a little different. He comes at it from a little steeper angle. Nah. But first, first thing, so you're you're the reason Adam Thielen hits it in the desert every time at West Brock. That makes a lot of sense now. All right, and he, yeah, your boy lost a little money to me and Larry Fitz. Don't worry about that. He'll he'll probably send you a bill for that. But I'm yeah, texting you know, him right now. Yeah, yeah Larry. I mean, he's he's a junkie. He he loves it. He wants to play golf all all day. You know, every day. I'll be sitting on the couch 1030 at night and all of a sudden I'll get a text and I'll be like, Hey, what do you think if I tried this in my golf swing? I'm like, what, where are you? What is going on? Like go to bed. Yeah. But, uh, he is, he's awesome, man. We had such a blast with him on our pod and, um, something we've been waiting to do for quite a while. And we finally talked him into coming on and, uh, we, it was great. Um, definitely go check it out. But Larry's one of the, one of the best. And I tell everyone, I said, if you're, if you're, you know, an upcoming potential superstar athlete, you should be required to go spend 24 hours with Larry Fitzgerald and yep. see how he treats people um, and just how he interacts with people. Cause it, I've never seen anything like it. He is yeah. genuinely the nicest man I've ever met. Yeah. And, and, and Thielen's right there with him. So, you know, another guy you guys had in your head in your podcast, what I enjoyed is, is speech. Um, and, and Jordan sitting down with you guys and, and talking about life and talking about the game. I know you guys know him, you know, pretty well. And you, know, you look at speech, you watch him play. He's, He's must watch TV. I mean, when he's playing golf, it's appointment TV. You got to sit down and watch it. It's crazy, right? Just the shots that he hits. Um, you know, he's going to snap hook it on three. It's going to, or on two at Augusta, it's going to hit a tree. Then he's going to knock it down there and make birdie. That's the kind of stuff he does. Then he goes to the next hole and he three putts for bogey. And it's like, gosh, you know, he just, he's kind of exhausting in some ways, but it's up and down. It's exciting. His career really has had, the peak, you know, three major championships, and then he lost his game. You know, he lost his putter, and he lost his driver, and things got um, pretty dark there. Can you can you give us the audience here just a little insight? Maybe just just how dark, how bad did it get for Spieth, who is a genius at the game of golf and couldn't find it off the tee for for a couple of years. Well, I mean, I can give you a pretty good idea how dark it got. Um, the week before the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. He was calling me and sending me swing videos and asking what I thought. So therefore, obviously, it got pretty <laughs> dark. <laughs> um, no, but all serious. Me and I've known Jordan for so long, and I know his game very, very well. And so he was just sending me some videos to show like what him and Cameron McCormick were working on. And, and you know, I, I guess he trusts my opinion and um, asked me to give him some thoughts. But he was in a bad place. You know, mm-hmm. I, as close as we are, I actually never knew about the injury to his hand, which you know makes some sense. With he kept. He had a weak grip as it was, and it kept getting weaker and weaker to, you know, kind of, you know, 
band-aid that injury a little bit, but he got in a bad place. He got in a bad funk. And I mean, one of the biggest things I noticed is, you know, the last year or so, basically when the club's exiting after, you know, gets to about hip high on, on the exit, on the follow through, his right foot was still on the ground. Mm-hmm. He was hanging back using so much hands. And I, that's what the first thing I told him. I mean, if you go back and you screenshot when at the 2015 masters of the 17 open, like, He's going. I mean, the right foot's up off the ground. He's powerful. He's more open. Um, and for some reason, he started hanging back on it. He told me he wasn't feeling comfortable pushing. And I was like, man, well, if you the way you're at with your weak grip and the club face is obviously open, you hang back. If you don't flip it, it's dead right, like we saw in 17 at the Open Championship that went mm-hmm. nine miles right. Or if you do flip it, you're snap hooking it. So there was just so much timing involved with him. Yeah. And I don't know everything they've worked on. But whatever they've done, they've done a great job. I took a screenshot of one of his swings, you know, a few weeks ago and sent it to him. And the foot was up off the ground. He was open. He was being aggressive through the ball. And I was like, dude, you're back. This is this is what we're looking for. So, man, I'm so excited. Like you said, he's great for the game of golf. I oh. mean, it is, it's it's exhausting watching him because it is how much talking he does to the golf ball and Greller and all that. But, man, he's good for the game. Like, I, I, I don't know what the ratings are, but I would imagine when he's in contention, they're higher than when he's not. I think he's number two. I mean, Tiger obviously is the needle. And then I would say it's got to be Spieth or Bryson. I think it's Spieth more than Bryson still. That's just my gut. Um, you know, Bryson's polarizing, but, and Spieth is in his own way too. I mean, he's just, like I said, they're, they're kind of both must watch TV. Let me ask you this, uh, Drew, what would you, so I watch Spieth, right? And I watch this interaction with Greller and Michael's from Seattle. I'm from the Northwest too. And I've met him a couple of times here and, and we've had some conversations about the Northwest and, and this and that, but I never asked him this question. And I want to ask you this question. Is it, he, he's got to be completely exhausted after a round of golf <laughs> with Jordan, because you, you can't tell me that Jordan doesn't wear his ass out. I mean, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, he's got to be like, I got to go home and I got to get me a cup of cocktails and I don't want to hear from Jordan until tomorrow morning when I got a report <laughs> on the list. Is that accurate? Come on, tell me the truth. I mean, yeah, it's, it's gotta be. I mean, you just, when they, when the cameras do, do get on Jordan's beef and Greller and they're able to capture those conversations, like some of these things I'm like, Oh my God, I take for instance, perfect example. A couple Go Valero, Texas Open, the 72nd hole. He's got a lead. He's sitting there like he, he potentially could reach that green with a three wood, but there's water all around it. There's disaster. A par is going to get it done unless Charlie Hoffman somehow makes an eagle from the you know the right rough. And like Colt and I talked about this, but I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, what is what is this discussion that's happening? You grab an eight iron, you grab a seven iron, whatever it is, you flick it out there, you knock a wedge on the green. I don't care where it goes. Force Charlie to make an eagle from Nowheresville over there and get this thing done. But yet. It was a three wood talk. It was this. Should I do this? Does three wood bring this into play? And how, all this stuff. I was like, he asked him one point, does three wood bring six into play? And I was like, shit, yeah, it brings six into play. It's the only club <laughs> in your bag that brings six into play. Hit one of the other 13 you got. I don't care. But I was like, just watching that. I was like, I know this is 72nd hole. I know he's trying to win for the first time in four years, but like, this really shouldn't be this big of a discussion. Grab a <laughs> mid iron, short iron, and flick it up there and flick a wedge on and go win the trophy. But yeah, I would think that uh, after 72 holes with Jordan, you need a little uh, detox. Oh, he, but that's he, what he, makes he, it so fun to watch, too. It is. I mean, it's not just speed, it's Greller. He handles it like uh, he, he handles it, at least from my opinion. I'm not well, an expert caddy, but so good. I mean, if Greller, yes, it's a very it's a tough job, it's a great <laughs> job. But I think every day Greller goes and he goes, you know what? 
I was probably making about $40,000 a year being a, a high school or middle school teacher. I can put up with this kid and, you know, <laughs> live the life I'm living right now because things are pretty good. But by the way, Sleaze, I forgot to tell you this. And Travis, you'll love this. So a couple of years ago at the Masters, he wore my big gravy pale ale t-shirt underneath the, the Masters jumpsuit. So this year I had it all lined up. He was going to wear our subpar podcast, our Get Amongst It, or one of our birdie juice ones. And he heard about us hating on him on gravy in the sleeve for maybe letting him hit three wood. He, this is dead serious. I go out, I'm on the putting green Tuesday at Augusta and he goes, you're fired. Greller did. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I heard you were hating on me for maybe letting him hit three wood there. I was like, dude, stop. I, I get paid to give my opinion. I thought it was stupid. I thought we just hit eight. He goes, nope, not wearing it this week. Yeah, I was like, oh. yeah. we gotta be, we gotta be more sensitive with Greller. Greller, we love you. However, we do have to say almost letting him hit Three wood. I will. I will support that fully. That was probably not the right decision. But we love you, and please wear one of our shirts during the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> right, we got a little game coming up here. Uh, it's called your A game, and we'll give him a little tease here. You ready for this? A game, strokes gained, short game, all encompassing. Wedge, putter. Who are you taking? Spieth or Reed? <laughs> oh. Those were both the names that came in. Colt, you want to take that one first? <laughs> oh man, that that's, that's brutal. I mean, I consider Patrick Reed the greatest around the greens of anybody on the PGA yeah. tour. I consider Jordan Spieth possibly the best putter when it matters. Okay. And I'm going to say just because of wedge game, I'm going to go Spieth. Yeah, I would have to see that. I'm, I'm pretty much in line with Colt there. Around the greens, I don't think Patrick takes a backseat to anyone. I think his putter in big moments, too, is up there with a Jordan's. I think I'd give it 1A to Jordan, but I don't know, like, if you're scaling wedge out to, like, 100 yards, I don't have Patrick Reed's stats or Jordan's in front of me right now. It'd be hard for me to go against anyone. Uh, those were the two names when you first named yeah. like, I thought you were going to say, who do you take? And I was going to be like, Reed or Spieth. Um, so those are the two. I mean, it's 1A and 1B, but yeah. if I had to... Probably on speed just because, I like Colt said, under the gun, there's nobody I want putting a six-footer that matters for everything more than I want Jordan Speed. Yeah. I don't think I've ever watched a player, I'm 43, where I felt like he was going to make it every time he chipped the ball and putted the ball more than Jordan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just it's, it's yeah, just unbelievable. It. I mean, he chips in, it feels like, twice around. I mean, it's just like, he is They're such both. a good... I mean, around the greens, I feel like you can put them anywhere. Like, be like, you know, this is a one out of ten up and down, and they they do it. Like, it's just. I mean, you look at uh, Jordan. I believe, you know, at San Antonio, what was that seventeen when he was way left, pretty much off dirt, nothing to work with, yeah, and got it up. Like, it's just, just silly. He's he's nasty. What was it on on yeah, Sunday the, on fourteen? That the shot in front of the green that he hit to the back pin, and he carried it back there. I was just like, man, that shot. Yeah, that was, was kind of like a. It was like a little scrapey lie looked like kind of on a downhiller and he hit it so high and i was just like wow how about, <laughs> was just, how about the shot on eight when he hit it left on his second draw what was that saturday this past week at augusta, at augusta they yeah. up, i mean that yeah. was a joke that thing i was like that yeah. went from dead to birdie in two minutes i mean there's just not many guys that hit those shots well then he pitched it on 10 you know just short left and i swear to god he was walking he was already on the green when it went in the hole because he like pretty much knew it was just, it was like, he was walking and in pitching the ball He's just, it's silly. It really is. Um, and to your point, it's so good to see him back. I get a lot of questions. Do you think, probably the number one question through my platforms that I've received is, do you think Jordan will make it back? 
And my answer undoubtedly was yes. And the reason was, is because Jordan was still scoring even when he was struggling. Like he's snap hooking all over the place, can't find it. And he comes in, he's like, he just shot even par. Like how in the hell did he just do that? Like he can't find it off the tee and yet he shoots. Yeah. There's no quitting the kid. I mean, he just, no. if he hits it good, it's game over for everybody else. Yeah, it's true. It's good to see him go off, you know, the fade. I was kind of begging for it. Um, I was hoping that he would, that he would go to the fade, but it's good to see that he's, he's finally um, went to it and he's hitting some draws now too. I saw a couple draws at Augusta, got him in trouble on nine. He hit the one hook, but you know, the fade really is, has helped him get out of the funk. Let's transition this thing to mass to the masters. Colt, you were there and I don't think you, you didn't play in the masters, right? As a player. So was this your first time attending there at Augusta? Yep. Uh, Monday was my first time on the grounds. Um, I went out and I walked all 18 holes by myself. You know, there was very few patrons. I still can't get that word out of my head after having to say it so many times last week. But yeah, it was a, it was a special week for me last week. That was really cool to be around there. What do you think of Hideki, Drew, when you think of uh, Hideki Matsuyama, right? I mean, it's crazy. Like he was showing very little form coming in. He hadn't really been in the hunt, the hunt much at all. And he shows up. We know he can hit it, but it to me it looked like he was just grinding on his putter, and uh, he did enough with the flat stick. Can you put into perspective Hideki winning and the pressure that that dude had to face from his country, Japan? Yeah, I mean it was unbelievable, and I think we all kind of have the same view of Hideki, right? When you think about Hideki's game as a whole, what do you think of elite, elite tee to green? Ever since he came mm-hmm. out on tour, I mean he's he's in that top you know tier discussion in terms of ball striking and then you think around the greens and especially on the greens that's where he's struggled i mean i know he drives all these the, the like big time like sharp gamblers crazy because they think putting is kind of hit or miss and ball striking is where you put all your money and he's the guy all the time with ball striking and his putter never cooperates we've seen him i mean it was just like a month or so ago where he had the toe of the putter way up in the air we've seen him tweaking yep. with things we saw all that work he was putting in on the master at the master on the green late at night and got all the you know he's got the laser out he's doing everything he can do and finally this week i thought the most impressive thing because we expect hideki to hit it well was his his chipping around the green i thought his putter was good it was much improved and it was good enough to win but the way he pitched the ball around the greens that's at least that's something i don't think of when i think of hideki matsuyama was a great pitcher of the ball and i think that ultimately is kind of what won him the golf term because even when he was when he does have his few misses here or there he's able to get it up and down and if he's doing that you know if you scale that out for a long period of time he's going to be tough to beat just because you can count on that ball striking pretty much every week he tees it up yeah he's 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 a great ball striker i mean he he's kind of streak i mean he's always a solid ball striker but when he really gets it going man he's he he gets it dialed in and after i, mean, I don't want to make too much of of the rain delay coming back but man that stretch of golf was that was that kind of just separated the whole thing right there when he came back out he just took dead aim and was really never missed a shot um, after after the rain delay. Kind of a, something just hit me here. Odd question, Sleaze. Has anybody ever come up to you from behind, slapped you on the ass, thought you were Matt Every? <laughs> only after they see me swing or after they see me throw my club. That's the only times I get the comparison. If I chunk an eight iron into a lake, then there's a good chance I'm going to look a lot like Matt Every after that. But no, I hadn't heard that, but I take that as a, as a compliment. Yeah, it is a call. Me, you guys got the visor from behind. I was, I was like, damn. It looks like he's got a big size head, a nice size melon on him. So yeah, yeah, we'd be easy to mix up. (laughs) Till we swing. Oh, here's a question for you. The questions get easier as we go. By the way, on these on these A games, this isn't necessarily an A game, but who's going to win the Masters first, Bryson or Rory? Rory. Mm. 
Yeah. I think I've said this since day one, even when everybody was going nuts in November, that the Masters was, you know, his to lose. Even Jordan Spieth said that. Bryson is so reliable on the greens book. Like, I don't think he's a good greens reader when he doesn't have mm. any help. And unless he somehow gets someone to make him a greens book for Augusta or he goes out there and makes one himself, I think that place drives him nuts. I mean, I covered his group on Sunday for the featured groups. He was way back. And I mean, the amount of putts he misread and his speed was terrible. I, I was shocked. And I really, really, I mean, if you watch him on any other PGA Tour event, he's in that book. Even back in the fairway, he's looking to where he can leave himself the easiest putt, and then he is grinding in that book until the time he hits the putt. And I just, I think Augusta National, the greens drive him nuts. Yeah. You agree with yeah, that, I would, Drew? I absolutely agree with that. I think Rory's in, you know, we're seeing Rory not play the way we're accustomed, but I think he could snap out of that in one second and he'd be back. He's got to tighten up that putter a little bit. But like Paul said, I think when I think of Augusta National, I think it just suits more like kind of artists and guys that can create shots and Bryson being a guy that wants to make everything science and things like that. And especially on the greens with no green reading books, it just seems like it's not, I think it just makes his head explode. I think he's trying to compute too yeah. many different things. And at some point he needs to get out there and play golf. And it's really hard for him to do because we've seen two masters now since he did what he did at Wingfoot and everyone was talking about, I mean, we were talking about Bryson proofing Augusta in November before Bryson got there. I mean, you know what I mean? He'd won one major yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, what's he going to do if he, What's he going to do at Augusta? He's going to kill this place. And now we've had two, he's had two runs around that place. And he hasn't really sniffed it. Um, so I just think yeah. he has not cracked that code yet. Not to say that he won't in the future, but I mean, Rory, you got to think if he comes in there, all systems go. I mean, it's been his to lose before. And I think he'll get back there again. Ever since so you, Bryson, ever since Bryson said it was par 67, he shot, in, <laughs> I think one round in the sixties and it was 67 on Friday this year. Like it's just owned him since he said that. And with Rory, he's in a funk. He's going to get out of this thing. I mean, I think he's 31 years old. He is yep. way too talented oh, not yeah. to yeah. turn this thing around. And the way he drives the golf ball, he will one week he will get hot and pick apart Augusta National. So you guys are going to get Rory McIlroy before I am on on your podcast. So when you guys <laughs> get him, can you ask a question for me? What like and just ask him? Yeah. Just Rory, what the hell are you doing chasing distance? I mean, seriously. Yeah, that what? was. That was surprising are you to me. doing? Yeah, I had his group at Torrey Pines on Thursday, and it was the most unbelievable display of driving of the golf ball that I'd ever seen. He was out driving Brooks Kepka by 30 yards, hitting it in these 15-yard wide gaps, 320 off the tee at, in San Diego, where the ball doesn't go that far. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand that one. I don't know if that was a cop-out or if he actually seriously was, but there is one club in his bag he doesn't need to touch, and that's the driver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could he could quit playing golf tomorrow and retire, and I think he'd be in the conversation for greatest drivers of the golf ball to ever play the game. I mean, so him right. identifying the driver as the thing this thing, that'd be like Steph Curry saying, "Oh, how do I get better as an NBA player? Oh, I need to change my I need to change my jumper." Like no, uh, no, forget defense and forget anything else. Forget yeah. getting to the basket. I gotta I gotta shoot better. It's like, dude, no, that's what you do better than everyone else in the world. Like maybe leave that alone. And I honestly think there should have been someone in his camp when he started making these and saying, this is what I'm going to do that had to come and like shake him and say, no, dude, you don't need to do that. Let's go over here and hit some wedges and do the things that Dustin did when he, you know, had to pull all the way to number one in the world. Cause the driver ain't a problem. Do guys get bored? I mean, these guys, they just get bored and they're like, you know what? I think I need to do that. I think I need to, I think I need to try that putter. Right. Sometimes, sometimes I just look at guys. I'm like, DJ looks bored to me. Rory kind of looks, uninspired and you know it's like they just it's human nature isn't it 
Yeah, well, I would say like none of these guys. I mean, they're all fantastic. They're, I mean, unbelievable how good they are. But like Tiger Woods got bored, in my opinion. That's why he changed his golf swing as many times as he did. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, I'm killing everyone. Let me go ahead and try to see if I can maybe try this and still do it. These guys, I mean, none of them should be bored because the competition's so high right now, and nobody's winning at a rate like Tiger Woods was. I mean, I think Dustin Johnson doesn't get near enough credit for how hard he works. I mean, mm-hmm. he busts his ass out there nonstop. I mean, look what he's done with his wedge game. I mean, he's a grinder. He's out there. I mean, he doesn't – just because I don't think – you know, he, you don't see him on social media hitting balls, you know, doing the, the work in the gym. He's doing it. He's just not showing everybody that he's doing it. Yeah, he is. And, you know, it's – I was I was surprised that he actually um, is coming to Hilton Head. Well, not surprised. RBC with, sponsorship. Yeah, RBC, but- yeah. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Got so, to pay the bills. He's got to pay the bill. So there he is. So he's playing a golf course that um is obviously not best suited for him. It's going to take the driver out of his hand. Uh Bryson was going to go there. He withdraws. Um but it's a good field, you know, this week at RBC. You got Morikawa there, you got Daniel Berger there. Um it's not the field that they had when they came back, you know, after COVID, but um really a nice field there that you guys are going to be covering. Um, there at Hilton Head. And is it really, Colt, is this really like um, a vacation as they kind of sell it for the players? Hey, just play the Masters. Come up here and just, you know, relax and have a drink with the umbrella in it. Is it really that much more laid back? But it's kind of business, isn't it, once they get inside the ropes there? I mean, when I played, it was 100% business because this was one of like three golf courses I thought I could play well on because it's short and you got to actually hit it straight. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a more relaxed atmosphere after coming off the Masters where everything's so tense. Um, you're playing for a major championship in Green Jacket. But, I, I mean, listen, they're still giving out one point something million dollars, a bunch of FedEx Cup points. This is this is yeah. all business, and it's uh, whoever wins is going to be a very, very proud champion. All right, let's tell the audience here before we get to the A game. I'll finish up with that, um, something that they may not know. So, Drew, you, um, you won the 5A Boys State Championship wire to wire. In Colorado. Yes, sir. Do you know that? Wow. What that? research, impressive research that you do there. I actually do recall that. Yes, Travis. No, 6671. What do you want to know? 7772. Only wire to wire finish. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the uh, Colorado State Amateur. Oh, yeah. Wow. I thought you were talking about the um, high school. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Though. I'm following you. Oh, no, wait. It says 5A Boys State Champion. Yeah, our high school was only two rounds. Uh, the state amateur was four. Okay, so this was the AM, which was the only wire-to-wire finish, four rounds. Yes. Wow. Yes, sir. I'm so proud. 2004. Let's keep, let's keep back. Country Club. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's it. Now, Large. Colt, you, uh, you shot the course record at TBC Sawgrass, which I know a thing or two about stadium courses right down the road here from where I'm sitting right now. And that was back in 2016. Yes. How do you how do you shoot 63 on the stadium course? You three putt 18. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one. Good day though. Hit all 18 greens. It was one of those days where just you know every yardage was like a driving range, whatever iron it was. You know, 155, eight iron, 168, seven iron. I just had the perfect numbers all day through darts. I think I made one putt over 15 foot long all all day. Just it was one of those perfect days. You love Pete Dye designs, don't you? I do. Love him. I, I made most of I probably, I would love to see the stat up right. I made like 75% of my money on Pete Dye golf courses. Yeah. I like Pete Dye. He was, uh, he was a character here. He was around here a lot um, when he was alive. Of course, the uh, 
TPC Sawgrass was his architect. Um, and then where they're playing this week up in Hilton Head next week in Louisiana. I think he he was the uh, designed that as well. And then Key Island, right, and where the PGA is coming up. So mm-hmm. we've got a little run here of Pete Dye. All right, we can finish it up. I know you guys are busy. Um, a game at their best. You ready? These questions yes, are tough. Strokes gain approach. Strokes gain approach. Number one statistic on the PGA Tour. Colin Morikawa versus Justin Thomas. <laughs> I mean, God. Jordan or LeBron is going to be next. Jordan LeBron conversation is coming up. Uh, All right, I'll go first on this uh, call because I think I think Justin Thomas is the best iron player on the planet, and not because Colin Morikawa doesn't hit it great. Clearly, he does. I think Justin Thomas has a wider array of shots that he can hit than anybody. I think he can hit high fades, low draws, flight it down, flight it up, take something off. I think he can do everything you want to do. We saw it in full display at the players this year. And I think for, for my money, there's not a better iron player in the world than Justin Thomas. This is why That's he wanted a pretty to go damn first. good argument. Yep. This is why he wanted to go first. Cause he knew that I was going to say the exact same thing. I oh, mean, that's yeah. I got, I got to get the honor at some point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just, I, I think Justin's got all the shots. I love when he takes out a pitching wedge from 100 and makes that, you know, long, slow swing. Um, yeah, just sl- that's he, so he, good. He can change speed better than anybody I've ever seen. God, it Tiger. almost looks like he's swinging like 50 miles. It's strange it's on awesome. TV it's to watch beautiful. that shot. I love yeah. those wedges. My yeah, favorite shot to watch. Coming with so much I zip. Mean, all right, so I'm going to say this, and, and, and I might be out of line. I don't think I am. It's my podcast. So I'm going to say it anyway. So, I mean, it's a little weird, right, that – JT's mom and dad's there every single week. I, mean, I know JT's dad's his coach and this and that, but like, is that a little weird? I mean, I, my mom and dad, I love them and I would want them to watch, but I guarantee you they would get sick of me after about a week or two. And I'd probably get a little sick of them and we'd have to take a little break. Is it a little weird? No. If I was, if I was making about 10 million a year <laughs> on the golf course, and that doesn't even count off the golf course, whatever I'm doing is going to keep on going. So. Okay. Uh, it would drive me nuts. I agree with you on that. Um, <laughs> I love my mom, but yeah, I would need a little space at some point. But hey, if I'm printing money every single week, contending every week, keep on coming out. I'll take the other's perspective there. If I'm the parents who are responsible for that life being born, and I'm the one that also got them into the game and taught them everything, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do too. If my right. kid makes it to world number one in the world, bet your ass on that. <laughs> Okay, I stand corrected. Yeah. I stand corrected. Strokes gain driving. Let's move on. Oh, okay. Mm. This is A game now, not recent form. Okay, you got to think Rory. DJ A game. Dustin Greg Johnson Rome. versus John Rom. Oh. <laughs> you want to take this? I'm going to go John Rom. Um, mm. I think. Wow. I think he hits it a little bit straighter than Dustin. I'm not sure exactly what the stats say. I think just he might hit it just a little bit straighter. John has one miss, and I think it's a little bit to the right. He seems to take the left side of the golf course out of play. I know Dustin tries to. I just I think Dust or I think John Rahm's driver is just on autopilot at all times. It mm-hmm. seems like. Yeah, I think John's uh, just like Colt said, slightly more accurate. And I think John, I see him at least at home. I don't know if I see him on tour do this as much, but like he's got little shots like fairway fine. Like, he can he can tee one up and hit it as high as he wants. He can launch it up there at fourteen and hit these bombs. And then if he's got a hole that he just wants to make sure he gets it in play or just slides one out there, he tees it down a little bit and it's a little lower, flatter face and it rolls out. So I think there's a little more maybe variety off the tee, but hard pressed to find somebody that um, I would rather have driving the ball for me than than John. 
you know, DJ fights that putter a little bit. He's, I think he's fighting the driver a little bit right now too. Um, you know, it's, it's a real thing when the vendor says, look, put the new driver in your bag. Just, and, and the players got the old one dialed in. Now they got to put the new one in. It takes time, doesn't it? Like that's a real yeah. thing out there where they kind of struggle with that equipment change for a while. In particular, the driver, you can see it with DJ. It's, he hadn't been driving the ball as good. No, the last month or so has been a little rough for DJ. Yeah. All right. Strokes hand putting. Xander or Webb? Denny McCarthy. <laughs> See, I tried to give you like not yeah. one and two on this one here. <laughs> I would say anywhere but Augusta, Xander. Really? Anywhere yeah. but Augusta. Okay. All right, well, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll go the other side. I'll take I'll take Webb Simpson here just because he you know he was one of the best putters in the world when he had the belly. Then they outlawed that. It took him a little while. Now he's back with the arm lock. He's an unbelievable putter. And I mean Xander, for as good of a player he is, he's unbelievable. He's going to win a ton of times. He's been close a lot and hasn't been able to get over the hump. And I think Webb, you know, he's he's got a little more under his resume at this point. So he's hold the big putts and the times that matter the most. And so I mean we're kind of splitting hairs here. But I would go. I'll, I would take gladly take Webb in that. I will never go with a guy that runs the putter shaft up his arm and grips it funny there's a reason they grip it funny bad shit's gonna happen at some point but Webb hey. was the first guy with the belly putter that i can remember Cole. i remember in college i was like oh my god this kid's done he's already going to a belly putter I at this point first. oh you were the very very first okay well, ask, I'm running into ask, Webb. Webb why, ask Webb why he started using it but i mean at that really? point in time it was so new like if you saw a guy putting like that you immediately thought like oh he's got problems with the putter and like Webb made everything with that well, and uh, probably one of the reasons why they outlawed it. Yeah. Yeah. The belly putter was cheating. It was the easiest thing ever. I mean, yeah. You return jam it in there and just pop it. Yeah. Yeah. Xander's got to close one of these, man. Like, you know, he's just, you can see it. You know, he's, I don't, you know, I don't yeah. want to say he's quite there where, you know, Finau has been struggling, right? Putting it, putting it away. Um, and we know Finau has crazy game, and so does Xander. And we know Finau struggles a little bit putting away. I don't want to say Xander's quite at that struggle yet, but I mean it seems evident. Xander's that, won you know, five when, times. He has. Yeah. But and the argument did. is, and like their skill set is so damn good, right? Like they're just so great. And when you get him in that environment of winning, it's been it's as of late for Xander. It just seems like it's been a little bit more of a struggle to get comfortable when I got to hit a shot right now in sixteen to keep the pressure on. Okay, but here's the okay. Let me run this by you because this never gets brought up. If Xander pars 12, 13, 14, 15, Hideki's got a six shot lead, three to play. You know, nothing gets brought up about Xander not closing out this Masters because Hideki just played better. But the fact that right. he put himself in that position, made four birdies in a row, got within two, and then hit that shot, it's now Xander can't close. All I'm saying I think is it's... he played very, very well to even have a chance. Yeah. And I still don't think. I think he hit the wrong shot. I don't think he hit a bad shot. I think he hit the wrong shot, and they misjudged the win. The fact he didn't try to play the slope is beyond me, but Xander Shoffley, I mean, you give me that golf swing every day of the week, I mean, I'm going to be – he's going to win a lot of big, big golf tournaments. I mean, look at that transition. That you yeah. know, As an instructor, you know, like, that's one, oh, reason yeah. I, that's one reason I think John Rahm scares me a little bit in the big ones, and Tony Finau is the mm. quick transition. You look at Xander, that nice, smooth transition. I mean, it just – not much goes wrong. 
And Cole, uh, how many of you agree with this? But I feel like Xander's almost like a victim of his own success and that he plays well so often, like rarely does he have a bad week that he puts himself in the hunt so many times that we expect him to close at a crazy clip. Like he's like Colt said, he's got the five wins. If he contended way less frequently than he did and yet still had the five wins, we'd be like, oh, he's doing great. But it's just that he's always there or so frequently there that it looks like he doesn't close out that much. And some of his runner-ups and top threes and things like that have been like kind of backdoor situations where he wasn't necessarily in the hunt going into the final round. Uh, and then, but when you look at it on paper at the end of the week, you're like, Oh, another third and you couldn't get it done. You know, it's like, I, I don't even look at it as it, it is winning. And, and I think like at that level and skill set, they're always there because I mean, he's a top 10 player in the world. And so is Fino. I mean, these guys are, they don't have Fino putting is an opportunity, although it's better. I think he's actually putted, better over the last year than he has maybe in his entire career. Um, but Xander has no weaknesses. I mean, the dude, all 14 clubs is money. Yeah. And so he's always there as is Finau. Um, But when you look at like, I think of as the chips are kind of starting to fall to the middle, like there's golf, like you guys have both played professional golf. Um, there's golf where, okay, I'm out there, I'm playing, I'm free willing, I'm probably out of the hunt. But then you get into the hunt, and then there's that kind of golf, right, where the pressure kind of mounts up a little bit. It's like, oh, shit, I have a chance to, to win this thing, right? And then it kind of hits you when the tournament's on the line. I think of, like, Spieth, JT, even Morikawa, um, DJ, even Bryson. Like, it hits them. It's go time. They just keep going, right? Mm-hmm. They just keep going. I mean, like, JT, it's like, just get out of my way. It's like they almost, It almost looks like they run out of holes, <laughs> right? Like, they're just... They just play right through the finish line. And then there's that, to me, like that next tier down, similar skill sets. It hits them, and you can see a little bit of a drop-off, right, in the performance, and they can't quite keep it going and sustain it. I don't know. I don't think Xander's at that level of those guys yet. I think he has a skill set to be. That's that's kind of where my mind is on that. I just think give it two more years, and we're going to be talking okay. about how Xander Shaw plays an absolute world beater. We're going to give it two more years. Strokes gate, T degree. Finau or Zalatoris? <laughs> Will Zalatoris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. That, that Tony's damn good. But yeah, I mean, you look at his stats since he came on the PGA. So since he got his special temporary membership, he's the top five in the world, strokes gain. Key to green. I mean, he's one of the best, and that's a pretty small sample size. But I mean, watching him at Augusta National, in terms of just golf swing and ball striking until Xander kind of came alive there at the end, he looked like the most free swinging, didn't feel the pressure, just going about his business of anyone out there. And that is so hard to do as a 24 year old kid in your first Masters. Like, if, if that isn't enough to shock a system to get him out to, to hit it bad, then what is going to be? I mean, it doesn't get any more pressure than that. I think his, his ball striking is is unbelievable, and he's going to be around for a long time. I mean, he does he doesn't miss the middle of the club face. It's he doesn't. It's, it's scary. I mean, you know, I know I don't care what tour you're playing on, what kind of golf course it is. I mean, I believe last year on the Corn Ferry Tour, he averaged eighty two percent of greens in regulation. I mean, that's just Jeez. stupid, stupid numbers. I mean, it's hard to play bad when you're hitting that many greens. You know, his thing coming out was like, yeah, his putter can be a little this and that. And he was top three at the Masters in strokes game putter. Yeah. Like he's putting pretty good. He's his putter looks okay to me, and he kind of yeah. you know runs it up, kind of just kind of just sets his finger on it. Like, like he was a horrible like just... putter before the arm lock. Horrible. Was he horrible? Like yeah. guys said, he wouldn't make it on the Corn Ferry Tour. He was that bad a putter. The arm lock totally changed everything for him. I just did a, a breakdown for 
PJ Tour social media on his swing. If you look at his swing, he does one of the most unusual things. In fact, I don't know if I can think of another person that does this. He he's you know he's there at the top, right? And then when he comes down, he's you know he's pretty flexed. And then when he comes down, he takes it into extension. Now, you know, 90% of the tour takes it to flexion in transition. Maybe it's more than that. It's probably 98% to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's some guys that are extended like Phil and Webb, and then they kind of, you know, they kind of carry that down this way. And then they, you know, they swivel it at the bottom where 98% of them, like they, you know, they're going here like Rom and DJ and, you know, Morikawa, JT, like they're, you know, they're going here. Well, yeah. I think, for, I think where, pretty soon they're going to start saying everybody swing like Will's outdoors. Well, Will is the other way. <laughs> He's here and he goes, it's like that. It's crazy. Show me another player that does that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. Like I'm like, damn. And he just, obviously he just rips it. You know, just, I don't rips know who else bottom, does that. So. But if any coach gets their hands on that and they touch that golf swing, I'm going to personally rip their arms no. off them because just leave that alone <laughs> and let greatness be great. It is, it is uh, spectacular to watch. That's right. Last question. A game. Who do you want? Strokes gain. Putting. Kevin Na or Patrick Cantley? Kevin Na. No, I'm sorry. Strokes gain, short game. My bad. Strokes. That's the oh, strokes short game. gain, short game. Round the green. Na or Kevin, Cantley? Kevin Na. Either one. I'm going Kevin Na. Yeah, I would say Kevin Na too. I mean, we've just seen tournaments where Kevin Na has like literally won the golf tournament with his putter, just holding weird stuff and walking it in from all over the place and can't lay a very good putter, but I haven't really, I can't think of any tournaments off the top of my head where I've seen can't lay do the things that are equivalent to Nas. So yeah, I think Nas got that X factor with that putter that when it goes, he can just shoot some weird stuff and stay in that zone. (laughs) Nas kind of of must watch TV too. I got to tell you, like I, 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 I find myself really enjoying watching him play golf. Um, I didn't like what he did to DJ. I'm sorry. I know it's the rules. I didn't like that. I didn't like the example out of DJ at the match play. Um, it kind of shook me the wrong way a little bit, but I'm willing to look past that. I like watching Kevin Na play golf. He, he, you know, he doesn't hit it very far. He's like saving it. He's moving around a short game. He's walking stuff in. I mean, he's, he's, he's entertaining. You know, gets, I, I like the Na factor. Yeah. He gets it done. All right, who do you got to eat? I'm going to let you go here. Who's our who's our early lean this week? RBC Heritage. We've got a good field. I'll give you my pick first. I'll let you think about it. Here's my pick. I'm all in on Corey Connors. I think Corey Connors is a three, four, five win kind of guy on the PGA Tour. Ball striking machine. Uh, and I think he's learning how to putt. I think his short game is starting to come. His putting's on a, a little bit of a heater. Uh, defending nice at Valero. Great job at the Master. I think it was he 10th at the Masters? So I think somewhere right in, right in, right in there. Or no, he's eighth. I think he was eighth at the Masters. Um, this course is perfect for him, right? Irons all day, small greens. Corey Connors gets a second win. What do you think? Yeah, good pick. Um, he's a, a flusher. Might be a little worn, worn out after last week. Um, yeah. I'm going a guy that finished third here last year. I think he has the, um, in the last you know five years, has the third lowest stroke average around this place. Um, had the second lowest round on Sunday at the Masters, uh, Terrell Hatton. Yeah. Uh-huh. Another iron yeah. player. Yeah. Um, we did a pick earlier on our on our podcast, and I'm going to audible out of that. And I'm going to actually go with – I'll go with Abraham Answer, another guy that's in that same exact mold. You know, he's played well here. Had the lead, or, you know, was right there Sunday last year. Flushes his irons. The more irons he can hit, the better. And uh, we're all kind of in the same mold there, but I'll just go with another guy that along the same lines as those other two. I like it. 
I like it. You got to hit your irons here, right? I mean, this is, you know, you lay back, they take the driver out of hand here, um, but you got to get what in position and, and you got to be flush at the irons here. You can't be missing these greens and relying on the up and downs because there's too many good ball strikers. And there's too many good iron players have a hot putter week. You know, it's off you go. Yeah. It's a fun yes, one. Sir. A much different golf. course. All right, guys. Yeah. Love Thank you place, so much yeah. for, for jumping on. I really appreciate it. Gravy sleaze. Colt knows Drew Stoltz. Uh, enjoy your stuff. Uh, the uh, golf subpar podcast is is really good. I appreciate you coming on mine. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right, let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter weighted designs use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels, visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 